Hello and welcome to Hide and Speak with me, Matt Saxon. Today I've got with me on the show a very good friend and one-fifth of the band, a festival, a parade, Mr. Oliver Wynn. A festival, a parade are a five-piece rock band from Newcastle-upon-Tyne and they've been releasing great music over the years. I particularly enjoy their most recent record, Company. And uh, yeah, if you've not listened to them yet, please just stop the podcast now and go and check out that record at least. Um, Yeah, as you'll hear, I recorded this episode with Ollie in February this year in one of my favourite bird hides in Hollywell Dean. Uh, It was windy and the pond was really choppy and there wasn't really a great deal of action, but we did have a lush little catch-up. This podcast literally just me recording a conversation with a mate that I've not seen in a while, so forgive the uh, informalities, but regardless, I do hope you enjoy the episode. So here it is, episode six, Oliver from Festival Parade. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh, wow, it's windy. Oh, here we go. Christ. The beckoning tide. Oliver. Matthew. Welcome. Uh, thanks for coming. It thanks is, for being here. It is a pleasure and yeah. never a chore to be in your company, Matthew Saxon. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, we're here at the Bird Hide in Northumberland. And uh, I'm joined here by Oliver from a festival, a parade. Yeah, so uh, you've listened to the podcast before. I'm probably the foremost expert. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, you'll know the format at the beginning of the podcast. I like to get the guest to describe the the scenario. Okay, well... So over to you. We're at this lovely bird hide over in... Hollywell Dean. Hollywell Dean. We've got a lovely open body of water in front of us. To my left, there's a lovely collection of tits and ducks. A couple of mallards. Big fan of them. And right in the center of this body of water, there is a lone coot just taking in the tide. Been doing a, a little bit of bird watching before we hit record, and I introduced Oliver to the coot. A lovely little wading bird. Black body little white head and it was making a lovely little beeping noise earlier on it um the coot always reminds us of you know the um you know the uh, uh like venice plague mask okay yeah the yeah. um it, the, 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 the festival yeah. mask that they... was it not an actual functional thing that you'd wear like it was like if you were the doctor and you know like i don't know if it was black plague or something like that but the uh you would just have this guy cutting about in a beaked mask I think it was something to do with um, the smell of death <laughs> in those days, um, and you would put something at the, you'd put some kind of scented object in the nose, the, in the right. beak of the nose, okay. so that you could walk around um, unbothered by the <laughs> the awful smell of rotting bodies. Very functional for something that looks so garish. I might, that's, be, that's I might be wrong there, but... No, I mean, that, you know, you've lied to me, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, 
I've uh, discovered recently making these podcasts that I can fact check and edit over and interject whenever I need to. The wonders of pre-recording. Got a few uh, gulls flying around. It's very windy. So we're on the um, on the bird hide overlooking the pond and the pond's very choppy, which is it makes for a slightly empty situation in terms of wildlife, but we're kind of guarded by a, a bunch of dead branches on the left-hand side of us, which got some bird feeders on. And I think the birds are kind of like hunkered down in this area. So we are getting a little bit of woodland bird action on these feeders, which is quite nice. Some chaffinch, different array of, of tits, great tits, blue tits. Uh, and on the walk towards the hide, we saw the long-tailed tit. There was a lot of action, a lot of action on the way here. Mm-hmm. So how are you doing? Great. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, as I said, when uh, you came and picked me up, that uh, any time spent with my man, Matthew Saxon, is a good <laughs> day in my eyes. So Nice. As you can tell by my very tranquil tones that I'm harboring right now, <laughs> rather than my usual scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, what's your... Um, What's your level of bird watching? I am, if you don't mind me asking, an absolute novice when it comes to bird watching. Genuinely, I uh, if I see a magpie, I'm set for the day. That's like the level of bird watching that mm-hmm. I harbour. And usually, it's just one for sorrow, which is pretty indicative of where I am in my life right now. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but uh, no, like we were saying today, I um, you know, when we were coming here. There was a, what was the, a long-tailed tit? Yeah. That was a first for me. And apparently that's quite a good signifier. Well, I just saw it as a good omen that we might see some nice action because uh, I very rarely see long-tailed tits. I know that this is a good area to see them, but I come here all the time and I don't see them here every time that I come. Yeah, if I do see them on the bushes on the, on the walk here, I usually use that as an indicator that it's going to be a good little session. I mean, the wind probably has different ideas for us, but (laughs) we'll work with what we've got. So you are um, a member of the band Festival Parade. That is correct. How are the lads doing? I'm uh, assuming you can speak for them when I ask how the band is doing. No, they have nominated me as a media-trained member to be able to do these kinds of things. You're uh, you're the media-trained one? I know, ironically. Interesting. For a while I wasn't. For a while I was banned. I'm actually banned from microphones on stage after a couple of early mishaps in our formative years. Yeah. I think uh, we played uh, we played Evo Emerging in the first year of being a band, and uh, I was given a microphone, and for some reason I was trying to crack jokes, and I told everyone to go home, bearing in mind we were a headliner. Hmm. <laughs> Did just, people go home? No, they didn't. They stayed, and it was one of the greatest nights of my life. But, uh, you know, I just... Uh, it's just brain farts. I've gotten better at it. You know. I was just about to say, were you cracking jokes? But you, uh, you answered that. It's a big no-no, Oliver. You don't crack jokes it's in between like songs. A, it's not one of you know. <laughs> I was just trying to make. It was what you would call observational comedy, but done in an infinitely shitter way than the, most of the comedians are like. And I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. I just decided to nominate myself as someone with patter. But it was also because at the time it was a case of like you know when you gig in like a local scene, it's always. What have you got going on next? Yeah. You know, like uh, if you're watching like the OC and some 
bands playing the cavern and in between but like, you could catch us next time at such and such venue and it was always that kind of thing but then i just end up trying to kind of like fill the dead air with uh <laughs> shit crack basically oh man well i hope you've learned your lesson i have <laughs> i've developed this voice now <laughs> <laughs> well i remember seeing this band in a in like a pub when i was really young it was just a just a regular pub band you know playing covers of oasis and all that shite. The lead singer just, I don't know, he must have like loved the sound of his own voice or something because in between every single song, he was cracking jokes. Oh, God. And like, he was probably like looking at the one person who was laughing and taking it as fuel to keep doing it. Um, I just remember like watching it and just cringing in between every song. It's a shame because they were a good band as well. I don't think anyone ever truly masters the nature of stage patter, though, do they? Like I, I saw Tame Impala a little while ago. It was a really good show. But Kevin Parker has some of the worst crack on stage that I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Never mind. Oh, hello. A little duck fight going on over there. Oh, a little bit of argy-bargy. Oh, hello. Yeah. We've got a, we've got a mallard um, who's just upset his wife. <laughs> and she's just... Oh. And don't come back. <laughs> he's he's booted out of the house. I love mallards, man. We were discussing this before. Like, as someone with a keen eye for colour, mallards' plumage is a fantastic piece. Like, they're mm-hmm. vivid emeralds. Yeah. There's something about it. Just, especially because it's a it's a perspective thing as well. You catch a sight of it. From one side, it's so vivid. From another side, it's quite dulled. Mm-hmm. They look like they have a black head, and then you catch them from one side in the sun. They've got a very, very, very vivid plumage. It's yeah, it's the little things, man. Can you see these two just in front of me? They've got an interesting uh, little head bobbing <laughs> dance going on. I wonder what that's all about. They're listening to the oh, last oh, e- festival hello. parade record. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Okay. Oh. Well, we've just discovered that that head bobbing was a mating dance. <laughs> And we are now looking at something we shouldn't be looking at. Nice. Yeah, so a festival parade, how are the lads doing? Are they all right? Everyone's good, man. We've uh, we've had a couple of months just to work on some stuff separately, which has been really lovely. Mm-hmm. All of us are raring to go again, and the last year was just spent. It's almost like an admin year. Mm. We uh, spent a lot of time writing new material, did a little bit of recording, but in general we were just... Just taking time out from shows for obvious reasons. And everyone's doing really well. I think, like, jobs-wise, life-wise and all that kind of stuff, everyone's just moved about, like, invariably since, well, you know, the, the event. So, the happening. The happening. Um, but everyone's doing really well. Thank you for asking. I'll pass on your, uh, I'll pass on your regards. So, yeah, you've, um, what was your last release? Was it Magic Box? Magic Box was the last release, yeah. Um, just a, it's a nice little track. When we were writing it, you know, we we're all unashamedly indie kids at heart, and it was stuff like the Walkman and. I yeah. love the Walkman. Ah, yeah. I've got a funny Walkman story actually. Go on. I met the drummer once. He was playing for, he was drumming for Fleet Foxes. Oh no way. So I was hanging out with the lads backstage. I started talking to the drummer, not really knowing who he was. Um, he just told me like. He's a session drummer for Fleet Foxes and his main band is The Walkman. And I'm not a huge, huge fan of but I got really into one of their albums like about ten years ago called yeah. Lisbon. I yeah. 
um, yeah. it just became one of my favourite albums of that year, hammered it. And uh, when I was talking to him, I, I forgot the name of the album and I couldn't remember for the life of me what it was called. So I had, the, I had that awkward moment where I was like, what's that album called? Uh, it was released in like 2010, 2011. You know, it's got this, it sounds like. And it's got this tune. And I'm really bad for like song titles, album titles and stuff like that. I, yeah. If I like your music, like don't be, uh, d don't be offended if I can't remember the name of the song, because I'm just really bad at remembering stuff like that. Nice. But uh, this guy was, stone cold look on his face as if to say like why am I talking to this guy and for age it must have it probably only lasted about 15-20 seconds me trying to remember the name of the album but it felt like it was about 10 minutes just oh, like geez. embarrassing myself so I upset him a little bit I think um, I don't know if I upset him I thought I think it was maybe just like he probably thought I was bullshitting right just for the sake of like having a bit of crack with him you know I get you but it's not the truth. So, Mr. Drummer from Walkman, if you're listening, I'm very sorry. I'm a big fan of Hamilton Lighthouse's work. You ever listen to Hamilton Lighthouse? I heard his album that he did with Rostam. Big fan of that. Um, again, I can't. I couldn't tell you what it's uh, called or any of the name of the songs. Is, I think the album is just called A Thousand Times. Or is it I Had a Dream You Were Mine? Because it's a lyric from A Thousand Times. Mm. That song in particular is like, oh yeah. There's just a bit in it, like two minutes in, where we get a lovely little, like, Hi-hat, snare, rhythm coming in. Very Rostam, big fan of that. Yeah, he's got a tremendous voice. And um, of course, like the earlier Walkman stuff was really like raucous and oh, yeah. just in your face. Well, that's what came out when we were doing like Magic Box. Like Joe just, like the whole time we've been in the band, Joe's had this whole thing with kind of like finding his voice. I know it sounds very cliched as a lead singer or anything like that, but uh, being able to have different levels of I guess volume and on Magic Box you just end up dropping the guitar and just going for it it is just this like you can just tell it's this cathartic experience for him just to like just level it out and I mean a lot of the lyricism to it as well is inexplicably tied to isolation and you know, the chorus trapped in a cage in a perilous rage things like that just just him being able to deliver it's very like um uh his name's not Hamilton Lighthouser, is it? The man from The Walkman. Because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, like something like The Rat, uh, the song, unashamedly, something like Major Box is just very much in, in debt to. Just a really like high-octane, high-energy kind of song. So, yeah, loved writing it. Because for us as well, rather than it just being this, like, shred fest that most of our songs become, it just... It just it just grooves all the way through. Yeah. So. Is it, What's the connection to Magic Box on Northumberland Street? It was a moment outside of the Magic Box. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was it Joe clad in fancy dress. <laughs> <laughs> I was in there the other day, actually. Yeah? What were yeah, you picking just, up? I've never been in, and um, I just was killing some time in between jobs at work. So I walked in with my brother, and uh, I was quite disappointed. I thought that the Magic Box had this like reputation of being like the place you go for like a really good fancy dress costume, but um, I was—I don't know if it was just because it's not really the season for fancy dress and their stock was a little bit limited or something. But <laughs> I don't know. Just loads of Freddy Krueger masks. 
couple of Mario and Luigi's. It was loads of those like packaged ones, which only cost about fifteen quid. You know, like yeah. sexy nurse and uh, just re- then really weird ones like like sexy it. <laughs> and you just you you put sexy in front of anything, and it's a Halloween costume. You could be like sexy tree, sexy tree, yeah. sexy duck, yeah. sexy shake. <laughs> They've got like three different costumes. I remember looking at it because obviously when the Toon Takeover happened, Magic Box in town was inundated with people buying shake costumes. No way. I know. God. I was there when it happened. Like we ended up going up to St. James's Park and honestly, like, it's kind of bad. Just the amount of people who would like nick the tea towel and were running yeah. around with on their heads. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? But apparently it was like a record day for Magic Box. Was it? <laughs> they had four different shake costumes they'd sold out of. Christ, I know. I don't know. How do you feel about the Newcastle takeover? Are you you're a Newcastle fan? Are you? Big Newcastle fan. It's a. Uh, I'm a big. I'm a big sport fan. Mm-hmm. Huge sport fan. Uh, now, for me, the takeover, I completely understand all of the horrible things that are tied to it. But as someone who's lived in Newcastle for a long time and has had the football club inexplicably tied to family. Uh, personal endeavours and even just the infrastructure of the city I just I see everything that's happening how the people who have bought into the club have decided to buy into the city itself the things that they want to do and help grow yeah you can't help but just think that's fantastic like it's not just results on a football pitch like I get it you know like I still watch it and that's what I want out of the football team is just for them to do well but I also understand that the success of the football club is inexplicably tied to the success of the city. And there's no surprise as well that, you know, the arts and culture and everything that's happening with us, it's all tied in together. I mean, as you know, this is probably the healthiest crop of interest in artists, not just in music, but in art itself or film, mm-hmm. fashion. I don't remember a time where, especially in my lifetime of living in Newcastle, where there was just such a literary of incredible people plying at the trade and you've know, you got your name brands like Sam you know, Nadine Shah El Devine you could just keep going yeah and then you've got this crop of undercurrent of talent it's just it's fantastic oh, well said yeah I, I agree I don't really know what the crack is with Newcastle United personally I just know that there was there was a a big divide Right down the middle of the fans, um, of just the people that I know. Yeah. Um, where like some people were like, okay, we're done with the club now. We don't want anything to do with it. I've got friends who were literally like binning their shirts and yeah. all sorts. Yeah, I get um, it. I get it, but at the same time, it's there's. I just understand that there's something more to it than what there is, and there's certain things that me as a person I can't stop. I love football for its purity like the just actual aspect of kicking a ball into a goal yeah i enjoy that i haven't um, played football in a while i'd like to get out on a like a five-a-side pitch or something like that and do just, you want to start a five-a-side team matt i'd be no good i'm really bad i'm really <laughs> unfit at the minute i could so probably I. sit in goal and just you know i'm about the absorb. width of a goal at the minute absorb all the shots <laughs> taken uh, yeah um but nah yeah, I used to I used to be in a five-a-side league years and years ago. Yeah. But it was like, like everyone on the team. I think I was probably the worst on the team, but everybody else was like not much better than me. I've got to give a shout out right here, actually. 
go on to the best five-a-side player that I've ever played against, Drew Michael from Sam's band. I've no doubt. He's been trying to get me to join a five-a-side league as well. If you can imagine it, he's somehow a hustler when it comes to football. Yeah. He lulled me into this false sense of security, turned up in all this off-brand gear. Not that, <coughs> not that it's all the gear makes you any better, but, you know, he turned up. That's what I think, though. I will be the full kit wanker who turns up just oh, expecting am, to be brilliant. I am the full kit wanker with some <laughs> niche Serie B, you know, Italian League team shirt on my back that yeah. I paid like a hundred quid for. And Drew's turning up in like, like unbranded shorts and a pair of Nike blazers. And he managed to put seven goals past a junior academy goalkeeper. Really? <laughs> At one point, he actually jumped over the height of a crossbar to head a ball in. I'm not kidding. It wow. was I was marking him as well. I felt like shit. <laughs> Just gave us a slight little wink, and then he turned to us and said, "Everyone thinks I'm shit at football because of that soccer AM thing, and I need to prove everyone." What wrong. happened on soccer AM? <laughs> you know, you know, you, you do the shots against the goalkeeper yeah, for the fans. Yeah, uh-huh. he, uh, he slipped over when he took a shot. Did he? It was his one shot, and he felt like he missed it. Maybe he did that on purpose <laughs> for these very moments. <laughs> it was incredible. I had no doubt in his ability, and then. He, <coughs> He succeeded all expectations by also making a mockery of me personally because I decided to mark him at all opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a tank as well. He's, like, deceivingly, like, stocky as hell. He's an absolute jacked human being. Yeah. It's scary. We were, um... It was when AFAP were on tour with Sam the second time and we were very graciously asked to support him on these dates in the UK where we ended up playing two nights at Shepherd's Bush Empire. And we were sat side of stage and during this during the show Sam would do a little bit on his own as an encore and they all came off stage Joe Dean Tom and Drew and all those dudes are freaking the fuck out because they're playing in front of thousands and thousands of people doing an absolute blinder and Drew just calmly turned to me and just went so what five side leagues you're playing <laughs> <laughs> uh. taking anyone in aye I'd love to play a couple of people play don't they aye aye sound aye oh is that us aye alright Speaking here a bit, Ollie. <laughs> Back on yeah. to finish the show. Yeah, Christ. He's a lovely guy. What a guy. I want him on the podcast, actually. He'd be um, I'd, He'd be exceptional on this, man. Uh, yeah, he's, well, he said yes. He just He's told me that it needs to be around about, I don't know, March, April, when he's got a day off <laughs> or something. Yeah, so it's understandable, isn't it? Yeah, I'll get, I'll get him on eventually. One day. It's funny. I remember seeing, um, well, our friend Richie Southern. Shout out, Richie. Shout legend. out, Richie. Um, about to become a dad. Uh, congratulations. I don't even think he listens to the podcast. He probably doesn't, but yeah, it's always nice. But uh, I saw uh, via Instagram that him and Drew were like training, doing like football training, and Richie kept on asking us to come along with them. I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that, mate. I'm terrible. Um, but yeah, I was seeing Richie went through a phase on Instagram of posting like slow motion videos did you see them? I did yeah and it's just slow mos of like him and Drew taking free kicks against the goalkeeper slow motion bicycle kicks yeah they don't even hit the ball and just fall in the mud <laughs> I have no doubt that Drew's a good footballer well he's a, he's a drummer isn't he so I read this thing once oh, it was like a BBC article saying that in order to be a, like a like a touring gigging drummer you have to have the um, the physical athleticism of an Olympic athlete and I was drumming at the time, and I was gigging and touring as a drummer, and I was like, 
that's not true. No, I can speak for George on that one when I say he's the most unhealthy human being that I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen in my life. Yeah, and he fucking kills it as well. He's like all over the drum kit and oh. he's like just hammering the drums for like however long, 45 minutes set. Just... He's a ball of energy, that boy. I yeah. love him, shout out George. Yeah, let's stop talking about another band's drummer and let's talk about your drummer. George is impeccable. Like, AFAP's been blessed with having George as an incredible... Uh, effectively me and him just locking in at all times and he's just like he's saying an absolute ball of energy and then prior to that our, our first drummer tell him who was i mean were you, were you ever aware of the the tell him tell him drum no i don't that think guy so i never practiced like no. just never practiced drums and but he was always meant yeah just loved math rock <laughs> he just saw the drums like the matrix it was all just numbers right you wouldn't you couldn't tell him structures chords whatever no it was all just numbers and you would just work it out from there. Yeah. And then George, George is just an absolute powerhouse in such a diminutive form. <laughs> <laughs> just this tiny ball of energy that just absolutely rattles the kit at all moments, notice. Is he still rocking the tash? He ditched the tash, you know. Nah, man, it was a good look. It was a great look. I'm rocking the tash at the minute, trying to anyway. It's looking good. I've gone for the uh, depression beard. Right, okay. It's manifested into it. I don't know. It's actually growing in quite nicely. Yeah, man. It's it used to be very patchy, but... Veritable. Play a little bit of oil in the morning. Makes it look a little bit nicer. That's true, yeah. Good good pro tip. There. So while we were talking there, we've got a little bit of action. A, bit, a bunch of bunch of mallards have come to check out the bird feeders and stuff. And we've, uh, Can you see this little black bird with the red head? He's the only one of his kind in amongst those mallards. You see him? He's, got, oh, he's walking away. Yeah. Yellow legs. Yes, I see him. He's a little bit smaller than a mallard. That is a moorhen. Oh. Um, about as common as the coot as well. Reed uh, dwellers. Reed dweller. Reed dweller. We've got a tufted duck right here in front of her. That's a good little spot. That is a good spot. Look at him. This get one, the binoculars on. Yeah, get the binoculars in there. And you'll see this bird here. He's got a nice little tuft on the back of his head. Oh, hello. It's a duck. Um... Oh, what was that? Just had a nice little bird fly by. You see him? I'm getting him. I'm getting Flapping him. there. Yeah, My eyesight's so bad that I've got to change from the glasses to the binoculars and then get my aspect ratio bang on. Really vivid eyes. We're recording this in February 2022. And I need to note that uh, it is coming up to the one year anniversary of company. That is correct. One year, are you doing anything special for it, or are you just going to do a tiny little the Instagram reunion, st- reunion tour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An Instagram story saying, we are each one oh, year since we released this. Oh, we're the worst at doing any kind of social media, man. It's, yeah. a, it's begrudging from every one of us. But we'll, we'll get together and have a little pint. Companies, that was a, like a proper coming into our own kind of album. We loved, loved yeah. every moment of doing that. We all just, all the influences kind of just slotted in together and when we were writing the body of of company just everyone was like chemistry everything on the same page and everything just got rattled off without a moment's notice so let's um take the opportunity to indulge in um how it was recorded like where did you record it and like from from the very beginning like when did the songs come about and yeah we am um, stuff so yeah so we priorly released the Stay Away From Me EP as mm-hmm. a record and we worked exclusively with Paul Gregory from Lanterns on the Lake who is a yeah. 
gem of a human being. Everyone in Lanterns is a fantastic person, but Paul Gregory is just, we've had so many great times with Paul. What a lovely, lovely human being. And we just knew that whatever we were gonna do, record-wise, Paul had to be involved in some way because he just got the best out of us. Um, mm -hmm. And Does he have a studio? He had a little, we recorded Stay Away From Me in the Lanterns um, practice room. Okay. So it was just this little like dank, you know, it was a very much like a post-punk heavy record, the uh, Stay Away From Me piece, and it suited the closed off, lack of natural light uh, <laughs> little arrangement we had going on. But uh, for company, we were blessed with a bit of time to go to Blast, and we worked with um, the guys there. There was a engineer there at the time called Ollie, who was interning, and he did a fantastic job. And we had... Um, help from our friend uh, Nick Sheffield who is the band dad uh, and a great <laughs> engineer in his own right but like Nick and Paul would just look at each other and just go in utero <laughs> yeah and we would get like the Albini drum take and all that kind of stuff and everyone just got the the memo for what we were after you know we were unashamedly huge uh, like alt rock fans so a lot of the songs have uh, like Holmes and stuff like Sonic Youth and like mm -hmm. Smashing Pumpkins um, and all that kind of stuff. And it was just almost like a manifesto for us to, at a moment's notice, can we use a fuzz pedal? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Lots of distortion on the guitars, like drowned in distortion. It's yeah. really nice sound. It's a constant battle between me and Reese of who can fuzz the other person out more. <laughs> I'm always going to lose as a bassist, but I like to think I do a good job in trying. Mm -hmm. I liked, um, we played a show with you once and um, I remember seeing your set list and it, I think it was just Joe's set list or maybe Reese's and it had all of your guitar tunings written next to the songs <laughs> and they were like, I can't even remember what they were but they were totally mad guitar they tunings, they weren't like your standard <sighs> drop D, it was like open E with, yeah. a, with weird kind of... Um, alternations yeah the, on that record Joe I mean Reese exclusively and has always and never will change actually maybe he changed a little bit on some of the ones we recorded last year only played in drop D okay would never change his tuning would just be drop D all the way through and Joe was playing E standard open E C C open C at some points and I think maybe played drop D on one of them as well and then I would I think on a couple I'm doing drop D, E standard, and then I started tuning the high, the D on the bass to a high E. So okay, we could get so like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could just get like an open. Yeah, drone kind of sounds. Mm -hmm. Like straight to work. Great um, tune. That's one of my favorites. Straight to work was like uh, me, and, me and Joe were watching the OC quite a lot. <laughs> right. And we ended up becoming obsessed again with the Silver Sun pickups. I don't know if you've ever listened to Silver Sun pickups before. Oh, that's a band? Yeah. I thought you meant an actual pickup no, on the no. guitar. They're, um, they're this mid-noughties band that uh, all of us are a big fan of. They've got some absolute bangers, but in particular there's a song called Lazy Eye that's just like a slice of, slice of college rock. Right, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Trucking down the open road in a, in a Mustang kind of track. California. California. That's Jason Schwartzman, isn't I was it? Literally about, I told this to someone the other day. On the drums, Phantom Planet is Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a nice little band afterwards called Coconut Records. I don't know if you ever listened to them. No, no, it's no. Very twee music. It's nice. Melancholic. It? 
Um, nice. But uh, yeah, so straight to work ended up coming with, um, I'd been tuning the D to a, to a high E, so I had a basically like an octave, mm-hmm. uh, or kind of like an open tuning, and was messing around with stupid amounts of fuzz and ended up coming up with the, uh, like the, uh, the kind of, basically it's lead guitar, but right at the start of the song. But I mean, everyone pitched in, like Reese's use of synthesizers across that track and his guitar mm-hmm. work on that is, you know, everyone's trading bits. There's even like a part on Area Man as well, where when it goes to an instrumental break, I think all three of us are playing riffs and it all just makes one riff. Hmm. People think it's just one lead guitar sound, but it's Joe, Reese, and then me all playing it in sequ- sequence. But we just didn't even clock it until we were recording it that like that had worked. It was just this, yeah. just chemistry. It was fantastic. Like, just chemistry, baby. Just chemistry, man. But yeah, no, I um, I love recording that EP, man. Like Paul, like I say, just and we had friends like Mick Ross who's pitching in with different bits of like you know he's a he's a bloody gearhead isn't he he knows his way Mick Ross yeah yeah and he would just use this try this give this a go all that kind of stuff like the amount of guitars we used we were very much living oh he's got some lush guitars Mick Ross we felt we genuinely felt like Sonic Youth (laughs) 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 yeah I mean it's it shows as well like it's very uh, inspired by that kind of era of 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 music the MTV2 days of the the 90s yeah exactly Oh, I miss those days. What's MTV become, man? I know. I want my MTV. Yeah, I don't anymore, actually. You're in the studio with... You're in Blast, and you're doing the whole company thing. So was was there a tour involved? Did you release it in February last year? No, because there, there was nothing we really could do. Um, we had things booked in. We had ideas of things. The amount of... that We had more gigs cancelled last year than... We actually end up playing. Um, we end mm-hmm. up with one surprise slot, which I say surprise. Like, we just wanted to play some new things that we've written, but then we kept forgetting that we actually hadn't toured the record that we'd released. <laughs> uh, well, I think there's a lot of bands that did that. I know Hector Gannett, who I was had on the podcast the other week. That was a fantastic podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah, he was he was doing the same kind of thing. Like, released an album mid-pandemic and like yeah. wasn't really able to tour it. We had a song as well, like, we have a song called Buffalo Bill. Yeah. That is just a hellacious, st- stupid track. Uh, it's probably like 166 like BPM or something like that. We played it a couple of times, released a record, and by that point, everyone was like, nah, it's too fast. I don't want to play it live anymore. Really? <laughs> so, so what, you've never played it live? Nah, we, we have. It's just one of those ones where, like, when you're not... When you're not rattling off shows every now and again, when you're not going hellbent for leather. I'm just passing Ollie a book and showing him the bird that I'm seeing over there. A potchard. Potchard, yeah. Potchard. Sorry to interrupt, um, but they're kind of swimming away, so I thought I'd let you see them now. So where about? Oh, no, there's, there's a couple more that's just popped, popped up over up here. There. Potchard, nice little duck, um, smaller than the average duck, but um, they've got a nice red... Like a like a metallic red head with a grey body. Well, the males do anyway. The females are a little bit less showy. A bulky and striking diving oh, oh, duck. Ollie, Ollie, look, look. That was a sparrow hawk. That was a sparrow hawk. That was a sparrow hawk no just way. flown right past us. That was an action shot if I ever saw one. Did you get to see it though? I did. Yeah, just yeah? whooped right underneath me. Class. That was class. That's a podcast first, everybody. It just came, it just flew right at us and then turned at the last second underneath the bird hide. It was very much like when you go to go to the cinema, get the 3D. 
I very rarely go to see 3D movies. It um, was a thing. It's not really a thing anymore. I know. I think the last time I went to see a 3D movie was the Jackass 3D movie. Uh, yeah. And to be fair, that was quite funny because there's a scene where it's a slow-mo scene and I'll never forget it. Um, the lads are all, like, looking at the camera and they've got a cannon and they're all, like, the big look, look like, a grin on their face and they're, like... It's all slow-mo and then the cannon goes off. There's a big puff of smoke and you don't know what's coming out of the cannon. But then just like a 3D, like, it just gets closer and you realise that it's a dildo. Yep. <laughs> and it just, oh, like, yeah. pops right out of the screen. I fucking lost me shit with that. Ridiculous. And there's a new Jackass film that's just come out. I think I'm going to go see it in the next couple of days. I um, I've got a I, soft spot for the Jackass films. Uh, you've got, I mean, they're not, they're ridiculous, but just, there's something about them. Mm-hmm. Like the soundtracks and everything were impeccable. I mean, fucking yeah. the Minutemen, for fuck's sake. That's the theme tune. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. isn't it? You found the Minutemen. I met Mike Watt once. Fuck off. Well, he played the Clooney. Did he? Yeah, yeah. I always fucking miss this shit, man. Like, I had the exact same thing when I mentioned it, uh, it was to Christian Cripper about another band we were talking about. And he was like, oh, yeah, they've played the Clooney. And I was just like, fucking, why do I miss all the good shit, man? Yeah, lovely bloke. Um, He's a fucking hero of mine, man. Yeah. He's a legend. I've very I don't know not scared to admit that I, I'm not really aware of Minutemen and Mike Watts kind of stuff until I saw that gig I was like shit I need to do my research oh he's incredible but I, as it uh, oh we've got a little cooter coming past here yeah, saying hello. you see can you see their red eye oh nice shit yeah eye. it's really close so we can see it without binoculars it's just an impeccable crown yeah I had a feeling the podcast would go this way because um, you've got a tremendous wealth of knowledge of anything music. I always said that speaking to you feels like I'm in High Fidelity, the movie with uh, John Cusack, yeah. which then you said was actually, funnily enough, your favourite movie. Well, it's like one book, book. Book, sorry. Yeah. I'm not very well read, but uh, I read High Fidelity quite a lot when I was younger. Because um, I was painfully neurotic and a bit of a hipster as a as a youth, mm-hmm. so uh, when I wasn't reading Pitchfork's best new music, I was probably reading a Nick Hornby novel. Um, right, yeah. Uh, but just like yeah, I I don't know the way I the way I process things. I don't know why. I just find great fun in finding out little details, you know, like a band that we've sometimes bonded over, Steely Dan. Yeah, is just a wealth of. Yeah, you know, oh, and this person played on this, and they did this, and and this it took how many takes? And I love that kind of stuff. Like I, I, for some reason, in all aspects of my life, need to know the arse end of a fart. <laughs> well, that's a that's a trait of an Aquarius. Oh. Apparently so. Okay. If you're into that stuff, yeah. Um, needing to know like the inner workings of everything yeah. is a is a a common thing for Aquarius. Um. I don't know how true that is because I do like to know how things work, um, but I'm more so like recently like trying to learn, like unlearn myself from doing that um, because I feel like it's, I don't know, maybe it's an, an age thing, but I haven't got time to understand all of like the the production notes on a Steely Dan record anymore. Like, I just, you know, I just want to listen to the music now. Oh, fair. No, I absolutely love it. I love, uh, I don't know why it aids in my listening. Could I have the binoculars, please? Of I course you I can, spotted mate. spotted an interesting bird. The ceremonial passing. Oh. There you go. 
It's just there's just a lone duck right in front of it. It just looks really red, so I didn't know what it was. Is it not just hitting the sun? Yeah, I think it's just a female um, something. Hmm. I'm really bad at IDing female birds. Unless they're like identical to the males. Yeah. Which is quite rare in ducks. Oh. Oh, what a takeoff. What just happened? I missed. Just a just a couple of birds just having a little race there. Hmm. Setting off into the water. Having a little clean. I am enjoying oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. That's why. Because this badass. It's because the sparrowhawk went and landed on the bird feeder. Did it catch anything? I don't think it did. See, I told you it was going to be good because we saw those long-tailed tits. Get in. I'm That's what this, spooked the, the, the birds. Ah. But they were so cool with the takeoff, I just thought, ah, it's just, just I'm having fun. No, sparrowhawk. I'm starting to doubt that was a sparrowhawk, you know, because it looked oh. so different. Let me have a look at the book. Knowledge right. is power. Sorry, this might... I might edit the... Uh, the pause out funny, here. I can, I can just talk about Stevie Dan Gaucho for a little bit if you want. Go on then. <laughs> oh, it's just great. I, I, the thing that always reverberates with me is uh, how digitally produced and like processed everything is to the point of if you were a session player on it, would you be happy with the end product or would you just be infinitely pissed off? It's a sparrowhawk. It's a sparrowhawk. It's a male sparrowhawk. Ah. So the male sparrowhawk has a little bit more uh, colour on him. But we need to keep an eye on that because he's flown past twice now, so he's probably on the hunt for something. But yeah, top top right of that photo, you can okay. see his colours a little bit more. Oh, yeah, I was just confused because usually I see what the hell is that in the sky? Oh, it's an aeroplane, mate. Yeah, but is it like a jet or something? I think it's a easy jet, something like that. You know, that's a fighter jet. Is it? Yeah, you can have a look in the binoculars. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Hey man, we're seeing all the action here. Is this the start of Ukraine Russia? Oh big god. <laughs> uh, let me get I did see um I was driving down the A1 um passing like Newcastle Airport flight path and one of those massive like army AC one thirty. Is that what they are? I don't know. It sounds like a guitar. Ramp. Yeah, AC one thirty. <laughs> a Vox AC one thirty. <laughs> yeah. In and fairness, I, speaking of like military birds, the sparrowhawk, you know when you see films and it's like an F-15 and they're sent to like disperse yeah. someone and it's like they've done two danger swoops and now they're going to mm. start bombing you. That's kind of what the sparrowhawk's done to us. Yeah. It's going to come it and has. attack you, man. I hope not. I've never had a um, a bird accidentally fly into the hide before. No. Yeah, there's a... Um, well, th- there's a bird hide just down the way there. Right. Which has... Um, Swallow nests in like the rafters of the. Oh shit! So in summertime, when the swallows are abundant, you would be like sitting just watching the birds, and you just have to get used to these swallows like flying in and out of the bird hide, right. just sitting on the nest. It was pretty cool actually. I do enjoy the opening sentence of the sparrowhawk in the uh, Collins Complete Guide to British Birds. Right, uh, let's go. A widespread and common raptor that catches small birds in flight in surprise. Low level attacks. Oh, yeah, well it was low, wasn't it? It was low. What's the um Oh, sorry. Page sixty four, what's the um the scientific Latin name for the sparrowhawk? I, I'm I'm trying to learn those names because it's quite uh it's 
quite interesting. I will butcher the... Oh, no, 64? No, we're on the potchard. Oh, no. Oh, 76. Sorry. 76. It's all good. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but... Asipita Nizus. Whoa. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. Asipita Nizus. Nizus. Let me read Go on, give it a go. Asipita Nizus. Not that I doubt you, but you've... you've it sounds like some kind of drunken jargon I put out there on a night yeah, out. Yeah, I wonder what that's... Zip it uh, Well, now that we're on that, I'm going to look up the... I like looking up the... Uh, what's the um, the study of words and, like, the history of words and stuff? What's that called? Is it e- etymology? Yeah, etymology, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the old world members of the genus are called sparrowhawks or goshawks. The species name dates back to the Middle English word spurhawk. So aside from um, We'll break away from A festival parade for a second here You do have a radio show I do With fellow Northumbrian uh, Charlie Dancer I do Uh, Ironically called Dead Air Yeah (laughs) Which just was appropriate because Jesus Christ neither of us can let anybody else Get a word in edgeways (laughs) There is never a bit what, of What, with air, you or Charlie? Yeah, I mean, we're just gobshites, aren't we? I guess so. Never shut the fuck up. He'll <laughs> <laughs> vouch for that as well. I love you, Charlie. Um, but yeah, that has been that was a little project that we were graciously uh, blessed to be asked to do as part of Slack's radio. Uh, shout out John. Shout out the Lubber Fiend, which is the, uh, an initiative, a uh, new live music venue and uh, a recording space that um, John's helping to work on alongside those guys. Um and I mean, Slacks in general is like a total community project, and it's been it's been great. The amount of people I've met, the amount of music I've found, um, the amount of just little bits and pieces that I can jump in. And there's like you know, if I want to absolutely blare some hardcore techno mixes, it's all there. If I want to get all the ASMR and ambient, our friend Stuart Walkinshaw. Just a moment of respect for. Walkinshaw. I think we've done a couple of times where we just have a round of applause for Stuart Walkinshaw. Yeah. <sighs> what a guy. Uh, well, yeah, he's an absolute legend. Yeah, it's Slacks Radio is really fun because I feel like I can just like tune in and one of my mates will be DJing. Exactly. There's so many people that I know on there, and That's it's really class. funny. Like, we um, uh, we just harbour the lowbrow form of shit comedy that uh, for some reason we've been allowed to do a fair few episodes on, and. Uh, we will continue to do when the studio's built as well. Nice. Like some kind of Terry World. Well, I mean, what would we do? I think someone someone said we were a bit like, a bit bit before my time, but it's Mark and Lard. Someone gave us a Mark, Mark and Lard. Mark and Lard, wow. And yeah, now, you're going back a little bit there. I know. The prime days of Radio 1. <laughs> you yeah. know what the hardest thing about radio is? To not sound like Alan Partridge. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, tell us about it. But, I've never once had that in the back of my mind when producing the podcast, but now that you've said that, yeah, sorry, I'm going to start thinking about that. It's something that we realise that uh, when we're both either uncomfortable or trying to fill silence for some reason, we dip into a porridge voice. Oh, okay. And right, try yeah. just to fill up the space. With it's an easy go-to, voice. and sometimes it's quite hard to get out of a porridge voice as well. Oh, Christ. No, I don't think I've done the funny accents on the podcast yet. and Yeah. I mean, it would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? Although, like, at the beginning um, of the podcast, I do, like, a little intro, and I also do an outro, which I record at home. Nice. Um, and I was told by one of my friends that um, it sounds like my telephone voice. 
when I do the intros as opposed to like the actual content of the, the podcast. And since he said that, I'm, I hate him for saying that because I can't get out of it because I'm sat, I'm sat in like my little recording room. I'm just by myself. I've got my headphones on, so I can't be loud or anything because I've got the mic right up against my mouth. Right. And like, it is just... Try not to wake up your parents. <laughs> I don't live with my parents. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I can't help but just have my little telephone voice going on. Yeah. Yeah, I used to be a bingo caller as well, so I think it's like, uh, I think it uh, stems from that. You did not used to I be a used bingo. to, yeah. What yeah, was that, like your side hustle? Or like when you're younger, your parents are like, get a job. And you I just was like 18 or 19, I think, I, at the time, and I just got this job at a bingo hall and um, climbed, climbed the ladder, so to speak, and eventually just I just found myself doing like the main bingo calling. Incredible. And yeah, it was horrible. Because um, I was really popular with the like older ladies because I was very clear. I like him. I like him because he speaks loudly and slowly. The other lad, he speaks too fast. Um, so my manager was like, "Matt, you're going on the bingo call." I was like, "Oh God!" I should have just like sabotaged it so that I would never have to do it again. But she you talk really, really fast. You're but a professional, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm a professional. I don't do things in halves. Exactly. <laughs> but the bingo hall I worked out was you weren't allowed to do the uh, the old fashioned style two fat ladies and stuff like that it's not politically correct is it right back to you I've talked about me far too much now <laughs> what's next for um, a festival parade well we're definitely going to be doing shows again it's just as long as they don't get cancelled for Christ's sake mm. I mean understandably why they get cancelled because we're still in a very uh, interesting moment in the live music industry but um, no we've got this wealth of material that we've just got sat there some of the I mean it's a cliche but some of the best songs that we've ever written but I think what you might see manifest first is a couple of the uh, side endeavours from a couple of the guys in the band Joe's mm. got a, an exceptional selection of material as a solo artist which is like very intrinsic to his uh, what he likes and it's gonna break hearts is it? It's gonna it like I think I might just take a month off to process the release <laughs> when it comes out. It's gonna be fantastic. Um, yeah, I saw that he was in the studio and um I saw that he was using a lap steel. I had that moment where I was like, Bastard's got there before us. <laughs> I'd bought a lap steel like two weeks before I seen this video and I've yeah. been recording like some of my solo stuff with it. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, I can't, there can't be two lap steel blokes in town. <laughs> <laughs> there could only be one so yeah so I mean we, with us we're just we're in a lovely position where when we come back we come back and we enjoy it none of us have any reservations about you know it's not like the 18 month plan record label uh, big tour anything like that just whatever happens happens and we'll absolutely love every single moment of it when it does and in the meantime as well we're a bunch of busy bodies mm -hmm. Reese is working on Tang which with our, my fellow radio co-host Charlie Dancer alongside a bunch of other great musicians and that's going to start kicking the shit out of the scene soon nice um, Glenn's obviously got I think every fucking band in the northeast he's got some kind of touch with so <clears throat> we'll be releasing music under his own umbrellas or other things and George George will just be 
George just will pop up and play marching band at some point in someone's record it'll be fantastic <laughs> and then at some point we'll release our rock opera oh, okay so it's gonna be great man well someone's gotta fill the meatloaf hole now i know christ r.i.p i mean i saw that actually shout out a meatloaf he managed to get a bunch of kids into his albums thinking it was going to be some like deathcore like battle of hell like you know like all the imagery of all his albums was all like absolutely metal as fuck but they yeah. were like the wettest ballads <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah yeah i was sad about that his name is robert paulson bob 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 had bitch tits <laughs> oh god yeah one of my claim to fames is that I, uh, I sang with uh, the the lady who who sang on uh, that song. Uh, yeah, she, uh, I'd do anything for love. Yeah, Lorraine Crosby. Shout out to Lorraine. Yeah, I remember you on the X Factor, Lorraine. You were great. Yeah, she was very nice. Um, it was on it was on Sam's album. She was on Sam's album. Yeah. The fuck? Everyone's been on Sam's fucking album. Yeah. yeah, Sam, let me be on your album. <laughs> Were you not on his first album? I've though? missed both times that we've been Did asked. You? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Everyone else doesn't have a job, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Joe and Glenn were there. Um, we got taken into Sam's studio in North Shields and uh, sang like a gang vocals, but yeah, Lorraine Crosby was there. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know who she was, and then Sam was just like, yeah, she sang on fucking... You know, Meatloaf's biggest hit. Unreal, mate. Yeah. And I didn't realise she's a Jory. She just lives Is around she? the corner, yeah. No fucking way. Yeah. Raj? Maybe Shut. she listens to the podcast? Uh, I hope so. Well, if you are, Lorraine, shout out. Stay blessed. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, we've got some nice things to look forward to with uh, Festival Parade. You and Charlie, Slacks Radio. Well, with that being said... We'll call it a day. Shout out to the Sparrowhawk, which uh, blessed us this episode. Yeah, that was some good man. shit right that there. That was uh, definitely the highlight. We didn't see your heron. We didn't get the big game hunt. But I think, I don't know, if we've got time, we'll run down to the other bird hide after this, and we'll you'll probably see a, a heron down there. Get it. So, yeah, thanks, Ollie, from a festival of parade. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Matt. I've had an absolute ball. Nice. Good, good. Okay. See you soon. Ciao. There it is, folks. Episode 6. Thanks to Ollie. Thanks to A Festival of Parade. I hope you've enjoyed the chat. Like I mentioned earlier, go check out Company. That's their their latest record. It's a great listen. And, um, yeah, check out their social medias. I'll link those in the description below. They'll be playing some shows later in the year, but also listen out for the other projects that Oliver mentioned. Um, like Joe's solo work and Reese's shows with Tang give the podcast some love on Twitter and Instagram, the links are in the description and also please leave a review if you can spare the time um, if you want to get in touch about anything questions, information on how to get into bird watching or how to support the podcast, you can email me on hideandspeakpodcast at g- gmail.com um, again, that's going to be in the description Perhaps in the future we could do like a listener's question section or something. Um, Might be a nice little idea, so send some questions. And um, yeah, we'll see. As always, thank you for listening. Thanks to people for subscribing. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a lovely day. 
see you for episode seven in two weeks time ciao ciao